Welcome to the No Picks at the Dark podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. Today, we have a very special guest from Northeast Baltimore. Um, this young lady is very hard to catch up with. Um, I've been trying to set this interview up for probably about three or four months. And um, finally, we have time to make it happen. And without further ado, Miss Annie Howe, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Can you hear me? Yes, I can, tol- okay, I can totally hear you. Great. And I uh, appreciate you coming on. Um, the No Picks of the Dark podcast. It's an honor and pleasure to have you on. Thank you. And um, today, so we we wanted to go over a couple of things because I wanted to always highlight positive things in our uh, neighborhood and whatnot, um, the Northeast Corridor, Hartford Road, Bel Air area. And everybody kept on telling me to reach out to you, reach out to you because, you know, you have the pulse of the community and things of that nature. So without further, without further ado, let's talk about you. Um, where did you grow up? Where did you grow up? Are you from Baltimore originally? Uh, no, I'm actually from a very small, uh, the smallest state in the Union, Rhode Island. Um, and I came here to go to school uh, for college at Maryland Institute College Bart, And I have been here ever since. So Baltimore has been home for uh, yeah, yeah, since 2001. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. And when you moved here, did you ever think you would be here forever? Like once you came to college, you're like, I'm only going here for four years. I'm going back home. Is that something you thought about? Uh, yeah, t- absolutely. I thought I was going to come go to school. Didn't know what I was going to do after, but I ended up getting a job right after college uh, teaching at an after school program in Brooklyn and South Baltimore. Um, and that sort of is what hooked me in at first staying and now I really don't I can't imagine where else I would want to live nice nice and so your first job at a college was you were a teacher so is that, is that what I'm hearing yeah taught art in the after school program awesome awesome so give a little background so you are art so what was your major then so can I get back uh, um I studied fiber arts very niche kind of uh, education did not study illustration or drawing which is now really what I do for a living um, in terms of my paper cuts so um, it's been a long winding road to get here um, but I still I think I had a great experience at MICA Maryland Institute College of Art um, just learning how to figure things out if I didn't know how to do it it's a big part of my job now so nice nice so I know you're pretty popular in Baltimore and and on Southwest Airline. We'll get to that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, that was your first job. How did you get then? What do you do now? How did you get to where you're doing right now? Oh, take, yeah. us, take, take us through that journey. Sure, your sure. Life, please. I'll give you the abbreviated version. Um, so what I do now is I make paper cut artwork and a paper cut is essentially you could describe it as a fancy snowflake or valentine you know what everybody did when they were little where you cut out the paper and you get a design Um, I essentially do that but they're very complex and the great thing about paper cuts is that you can use them for essentially anything so I can do the original artwork hand drawn and hand cut in paper and then I can take that design and put it on a textile pattern. I can make it an illustration for a book. Um, I can put it um, into a 3D, like a, like a sign cut out of, you know, metal. Um, so you really can kind of do anything once you have that paper cut design. Um, so that's what I do full time. Um, I make a paper cut artwork for businesses and brands, illustration work, um, 
my own work still, sell it directly to customers. Yeah. How now people are going to ask, how did you fall into this? How did this even happen? Because I remember you told me a little story about it, but I want the people to tell you want you want you to tell people the story how you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I didn't, I never considered myself a drawer or an illustrator. I studied, um, like I said, mostly sculpture in school. Um, and I got into paper cutting because the materials are really simple. You need an exacto knife and paper and four scissors. And I had long winded way. Um, after I taught in Brooklyn for a long time, I started making shadow puppet shows. So, you know, the traditional, here's your little, your puppet and the light and the shadow. And um, we used X-Acto knives to cut out the silhouettes. And that's how I got started cutting out paper because it was a really cheap, easy material to get. And I could use it to give as gifts for people. Um, And then people started saying, oh, these are good. You should sell them um, or you should put them up in actually uh, Clementine, which used to be a wonderful restaurant in our neighborhood, was one of the first places that encouraged me to hang up artwork in the restaurant. Um, So. I feel like my work started in Northeast Baltimore and, you know, has continued to be supported by this great neighborhood. Um, but that's how I got into paper cutting, real random. Nice, nice. So, oh, okay, good. We're jumping around Northeast. I like it. So <laughs> how did you find Northeast Baltimore? Did you always live here? Or when you got out of college, where, like, how did you find this magical place? Because I always tell people this is magical over here. So. I totally agree. Um, so, yeah, I did not. I grew up, uh, I mean, I spent my time right around where Micah is. And then um, the reason I got up here was because an ex-boyfriend of mine, who I was dating at the time, bought a house up here in Northeast Baltimore because it is uh, right after, uh, shortly after college. Um, it was just very affordable. You could get a house with a yard. That's you know how I feel like a lot of people end up here. Um, so I had never really been up here or known that it was here cannot believe it, but I didn't even know Lake Montebello existed. I lived in Baltimore for four years in college and didn't know that that amazing gem was was even a thing. So that's how I got up here. And then, you know, how things end up going long, long, you know, you end up there. And then I just loved this neighborhood and so ended up staying. That's that's a beautiful thing. Um, Because I always tell people I never knew about this area. I never did. I lived um, on the other side of Perry Parkway. Oh, okay. I always drove past Harford Road and I was like, I don't know. I don't know what's over here. I'm just going to keep on going down Moravia <laughs> to the 95. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people this is magical over here because I mean, it's a great community and it's a great sense of community and people know each other and everybody says hello. Mm-hmm. And so, with your business, how did the community embrace you? You said a little bit about Clementine was the first place that said, hey, you should put, th- put your art up here. Mm-hmm. What else did the community do to really reassure you and say, hey, or you're doing an awesome job and just supporting you all the way through. through. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, especially up here in Northeast Baltimore, we just have so many um, creative people and people who appreciate small, small businesses and want to support local. Um, So just from the get go, people would see my artwork and ask me to make a paper cut for them for something special um, or, you know, a gift or things like that. So it really started that way. um, just kind of people seeing my work and then asking me if I would make something for them and then sort of snowball effect. Um, and still now 
living up here, there's, uh, I've still had my, I've still had work up at other restaurants like Silver Queen, um, and then Red Canoe and Casey's Stafford's amazing found studio shop. She has my work. Um, so, uh, and then of course I feel like I could just spend the whole show talking about all the amazing businesses in this neighborhood, but yeah, so, um, still continued to, uh, to this day, I feel like there's just always more and more things popping up. So. So when you were going through the whole process of starting your own business, did it make you nervous that you're like, you know, I'm starting from scratch. This is just me. Did you have to juggle two jobs, like a full-time gig and just do this on the side as a hobby? Cause you know how most people, people say hobbies turn into something that you become business. How did that all come about? Yeah. Um, great question. Um, so yes, I had been working, um, at a full-time job in the arts nonprofit world, um, and started kind of picking up, uh, doing paper cutting, like I said, kind of on the side and trying some craft shows and slowly kind of getting more and more out there in terms of exposure. Um, and then I did at one, I did decide to make the transition into full-time, but I do think I like to, um, Say that, and I think it's important to acknowledge that I had a lot of like privileges and benefits that allowed me to get to that point in my um, career. Just even like rewinding, I, I do think it's important to talk about like I came from a family that was able to put me through college. I didn't come out with like crushing student loans. Um, I was able to take interesting internships in um, college that exposed me to really interesting creative outlets that I, that were, they were unpaid internships. And and that's something that, um, you know, I realize is like a step up. So I think a lot of times we have this like, Oh, you made yourself like from, you know, make the makers have this um, mystique of like, you just did it. And I did, and I worked really, really hard, but I also, it's important for me to acknowledge that I had privileges that helped me get to that point. So I was able to say, you know what, if I take this, this risk and I don't know if I, um, can make enough money, I I have like a safety net of, you know, I can fall back on. I was living with a partner at the time. So there were a lot of things that I felt, um, really benefited me in being able to make that leap, um, into a full-time art career. Um, and you know, I think, uh, I try to talk about that because I think it's important to share well, that information. I, I thank you for sharing that. That is, that is actually vital information to know about just the background information of how you got there and whatnot. And now what about your support system? When you told like like your parents, they still live in the, or Rhode Island, or your your family and friends live in Rhode Island, is probably still right. Mm-hmm. You told them like I'm starting a business myself. I got that. I'm, I'm doing some paper cutting. What was their reaction? I'm always always wonder like how parents and friends when you hear that that are back home, but you're here that you're telling them that. What's yeah, I think that they were supportive. Um, you know, because they they saw how it was kind of building. Um, slowly and and what i feel like lucky about is that there's always something new and interesting opportunity you know something is always like coming knocking at my door which i feel really lucky for so you know someone will say hey i want you to illustrate this book and i'll say oh okay i've never illustrated a book before let me figure out how to do this and then you know make it happen so i think they were supportive because they knew that um you know i had that uh like initiative and responsibility to get it done. 
So what is the drive that pushes you every single day to make you do your best and become who you are right now? What pushes you every day? Um, I usually laugh, but it's kind of true. I say I check my bank account. Hey, I respect that. <laughs> which is, you know, the wonderful, beautiful thing about working for yourself, um, which I've been fully self-employed for the last six years now at this point. Um, and, you know, I pay uh, taxes, I pay um, disability insurance, I pay unemployment insurance, you know, like I, I am really like, doing this, um, you know, that the beautiful thing is you get to make your own schedule and be flexible and then, you know, but you, and you get to decide when you want to work and when you don't and what projects you want to take on. So, um, I generally am like motivated by, I'm so lucky to get to do this and make this work. And then it is, um, about deciding which projects I want to take on. Does it align with the things I want to be working on? Um, uh, is this a challenging project? Uh, things like that. Yeah. Now, I will tell you the first time I heard about you was I was uh, moving to the area, and that's about three years ago. And you had, and you probably still do them now. You had a class, you were teaching classes. Mm-hmm. You were giving classes to people at certain places at venues, and you had a venue and they would do a class with you, and it sold out. I think you were doing cards at one point. You were doing cards. You probably still do them, mm-hmm. but you were doing cards for Christmas time, and you had seminars like that. Is that one of the things that you really pushed when you were starting out, like doing seminars, classes, showing people how to do these things during holiday times? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love teaching paper cutting um, to people. And because, again, it's such a simple, you don't need really complicated materials. You need paper, exacto knives, um, pencils. And so I love teaching people um, because it is really, most people can do it. Um, and Oftentimes people say, aren't you worried that someone will learn how to do this and, you know, take your ideas? And my feeling is most of the time people do it and they realize, oh, wow, that's actually even harder than I thought it was to do. Or, you know, they'll develop their own vision and direction for it. Um, So I do. I love teaching. Yeah. Paper cutting classes. Now, to, you know, really go into some things. What was the biggest project you've done to to this date? And has any of your jobs taken you out of Baltimore? Uh, if you want to give the audience a little bit about, have you, has it taken you to different places that you never thought you would be doing at this point? Yeah. I mean, I credit that the, I know social media can be good and bad sometimes, but I have definitely gotten a lot of good work from having my work out there. Um, so I haven't physically traveled to a lot of other places to do my work, but um, I've done work that's been, you know, storefront windows in um, shops in Georgia. And I've sent stuff as far as a a place in Alaska had me do um, an illustration for something for a bag for a sort of line of things that they were making. Um, uh, My work gets, I, have licensed it to greeting card companies. So they make greeting cards with it. So that was cool. Cause one of my cards got sold is a Christmas card and it gets sold in like box sets at Wegmans all over, which is fun. People were sending me pictures of their Wegmans cards. So, um, and the biggest project that I'm working on, it's not complete, but it is exciting. Um, so I was selected, uh, to create artwork for the university of Maryland medical center. They have a new psychiatric children and teen psychiatric unit that they're constructing. Um, and so they selected me as the artist to create basically, essentially I'm creating, um, 
artwork for all of the walls, they're going to be paper cuts, but they'll be scaled up as wall murals on like a digital format. So I'm not actually cutting out massive paper cut wall murals, but they'll be all over the unit. So in every bedroom in every bathroom and main shared spaces. Um, and that, has been exciting and a big how, how does that even happen now just it's just just because the word of mouth because i know you had a really really cool exhibit um at the pratt library mm-hmm. where you, you were in front of pratt library you had your um your cutout there also mm-hmm. and they're all around they're all around baltimore city you have i will always tell people you have your fingerprints all around Baltimore. <laughs> right? that's pretty cool like you know I, i'm out with a group of friends and uh one day my friend's like oh that's really cool i'm like Actually, that lady's in my neighborhood. Come on. I'm like, I can't make this up. So, I mean, how do you get, you know, how did you get your name so well known in Baltimore City? Uh, Just word of mouth or just, I mean, your work's amazing. So your work speaks for itself, no no doubt. But how did you end up doing that? Just internet Um, or just word of mouth? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I tell people um, being able to, honestly, I'm really good at answering emails. So if somebody is reaching out to me for an opportunity, I'm going to like reply really fast if it's something I want to do and, um, and just be super organized about it. I try to, you know, really be responsible and organized. So part of it is just reaching out, actively reaching out to to say, hey, I think this could be a good opportunity to work together. Um, the University of Maryland Medical Center project is a um, through the Baltimore Office of Promotion and Arts. So it's a percent for art project. So when the state is putting funding into a construction project, a percentage has to go back into public art. Um, so they had actually had a call out for artists to submit their work. Um, and I was selected that way. So I've been working very closely with the the medical team to develop the artwork content that they want to see on the unit. And, um, and actually, it's actually been really fun because I collaborated with another Northeast Baltimore resident who you may know, or you should know. Do you know Tiffany Reedy? I do know Tiffany. Okay, yeah. So she's a... Super talented interior designer. And I knew that for this project, um, A, I needed somebody who knew how to read construction documents and do sort of uh, know more about color because I often am just working with white paper cuts with like one color background. Um, So we actually, I was able to sort of like hire her onto the project to help me with, she was like, knew how to make sure that I cut the paper cuts out at the right size so that they will translate correctly in the right scale. And she was awesome to work with. So, and we had wanted to collaborate for a while on a project. So it was a good reason to work on things. Now the um, project is now halted because the construction is on pause because of the, uh, they're standing up like extra units and measures for the coronavirus at the hospital. Um, but my end of the job is kind of done right now because the artwork is done. So I don't know no. when it will actually be done. <laughs> nice, nice. I know Tiffany Reedy. Yeah. And you're going to, uh, this is crazy, but her and I both went to Syracuse University together. Oh, okay. Yes, uh, yes, yes, uh, yes. yes. I, mean, I definitely know Tiffany Reedy. Who we got is. you in Northeast Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a small world. It's a small mm-hmm. world out here. And mm-hmm. What do you do? As uh, is there any community projects that you've worked on and around the area where people can come out and check out some things in Northeast area? I know you said you're has some artwork in Silver Queen. Um, you have some work at Found Studio, but is there anything that says, "Boom"? This I think you had something in front of Function too. You had a yeah. snowflakes or yeah. 
Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, the cool thing about, you can use a material called Tyvek, which is a construction material. So it's very sturdy. So often when I do window pieces for windows, large paper cuts, I use Tyvek. Um, so there's some at Function. I did the window um, artwork up at Strand Theater. So I did the original paper cut and then it got translated into exterior window vinyl. And then the Arts and Ideas Sudbury School on Walther, their sign. Yes, yes. Um, I, I <laughs> I did the artwork and then this great fabricator named Audrey Van de Castle uh, cut that sign out of steel using a water jet and made the sign. So that was a fun project. Wow. And then yeah. I, I saw now, this is not Northeast, but uh, there was a restaurant that was opening up that you were had your hands on too. It was like a farm to face type of thing. Oh, you, um, I've, seen, I've seen you promote it. I can't remember the name of it, but they do falafel maybe. I don't know. You might you're working on them working with them on maybe their front of their store front. oh was it the mozi bread yes, the mozi, yes, yes, yes 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 they're uh getting ready to open up in on guilford and 20 they're like 2800 block of guilford don't quote me on that but okay. um they're a new bakery that's opening up yes and they're really they're, it's going to be really good and i i can't let you go without we're almost there we're almost there but <laughs> What crew are you a part of? You got to give them a shout out and you guys do something big every year. Oh, yes. Uh, you, we can't have this interview without yes. mentioning that group of ladies yes. that are doing yes, things. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yes, I'm a member of the Charm City Craft Mafia. Um, we produce two craft shows a year um, that features uh, vendors from like around the, the city and the region. Um, so our next show coming up, um, I'm not sure when this podcast is going to come out, but um, April 25th, we are, uh, you, you are getting the exclusive. We have decided because of the, we actually decided a, a little while ago, but um, we are going to go to a virtual craft show this, this time around because um, it's April 25th and obviously we are all trying to do our best to social distance and limit <laughs> large crowds. And that show usually attracts thousands of people and wow. we can't have everybody in a church. So if you go to charmcitycraftmafia.com and our Instagram and Facebook, all of those are Charm City Craft Mafia. We'll have all the information. So we're getting our, we have our vendors. There'll be over 50 vendors that we're featuring online. So you'll basically be able to go and support small businesses online as opposed to in person. Wow. Um, this will be coming out. I can tell you right now, it's coming out March 30th. Oh, great. Oh, perfect. Coming out okay. March 30th. Because um, yeah. what I have done for this month, and I don't know if I didn't say it in the beginning, is I'm celebrating Women's History Month. Okay, And I'm cool. celebrating all women on the podcast this month. And I just oh, want to highlight some, highlight women from the area, just giving them the credit, the credit, the due date she get. So I just yeah. want people to hear the story about that. Now, what's the other Craft City Mafia show you have in the Christmas time? That one is Holiday Heap. Okay, you uh, want to talk a little bit about that? Because I feel yeah. like <laughs> we'll be in uh, inside for a little while. So Yeah, yeah. So that one is our big Christmas annual holiday shopping show. I actually think well, the date is December. Uh, I don't remember the date. I think it's December 5th, but don't include that. <laughs> um, okay. So that is our big holiday show. That is at 2640 Space in Charles Village. Again, we have over 50 vendors who sell jewelry, ceramics, even packaged food items, soap, all kinds of amazing things that you, you know, made by hand, really high level. Um, and that one is a great fun show. We always have an early bird shopping hour if you want to come shop 
when it's a little less crowded. And that just ties back to Baltimore in general. I think part of the reason I've been able to um, have such a, a success in my career as a paper cutter is because the people of Baltimore, honestly, are some of the best shoppers and supporters um, you could ever find. And I know because I've done shows in other cities and we have vendors who come to the Craft Mafia shows from as far away as North Carolina and other places. And they're like, no shoppers are like the Baltimore shoppers. So I think as a city, people really value small businesses, handmade. They want to be able to talk to the people who make their stuff. That's why I love Northeast Baltimore because, you know, you see your neighbors and your fellow, your neighbors are the business owners and it's so amazing. So, um, you know, I think that we will uh, get through this being having to be inside and people will come out and support. And I know some of the small business owners are still getting support. People are buying gift cards and doing things like that online. So we're trying as much as we can to to do that with the spring show. Now, would you... um you know, your group or yourself, would you guys ever try to do like a virtual kind of like we're doing right now, like a Zoom, where you could have a class of people join in and, you know, do artwork or things of nature? Have you thought about that? I would like to do one of those for my paper cutting workshops. And yeah, I think this is, I think one of the, maybe one of the positive takeaways of this is people are going to learn how to figure out some more interesting ways to, you know, even if it's just families getting together and doing like a, Zoom, you know, just socializing to classes. Yeah, that would be. That'd be great. I mean, I think think now we all have to be creative now, be outside the box now. Like, how are we going to communicate with our audience out now and making sure that they, we don't lose touch with them. And again, a lot of people are home with their kids now, five days a week. And I will Mm -hmm. tell you, I I think school, well, I think school's done for the year. I really, I really believe that. And I'm thinking, you know, what do you do for kids? Are there, are there, and I always think about the arts. That's always a great thing to do. You know, they doing the projects. I saw something where people were doing, kids were drawing art and sending it to elderly homes. And oh, the cool. Nature. So I don't know if that works, but again, because all the surface stuff, I don't know all the rules to the game of this coronavirus, but right. <laughs> so, I mean, we're all new to it. So I really, I really appreciate hearing that, that you may be thinking about doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, finish up. So where can people find you? Where can people find your work? Say we want to buy your work. We can't get outside. We <laughs> want to buy your work right now. We want to put it on our wall. We want to say, be proud of a Northeast person from Baltimore saying, we have a great artist in this town. There's plenty of them, but we're highlighting you today. Where can we get to you online? Where can we find all this information? Um, so you can go to my website, which is just anyhowpapercuts.com. Um, that has a link to my shop. I have an online shop. Um, uh, and then Instagram, I put a lot of my work on Instagram is also Annie Howe paper cuts. Uh, so that's the best things. Sign up for my newsletter. I send it out not too often, but just enough. So yeah. So those are the places online where you can get my stuff locally when the shops open back up found studio shop and Trove and Hamden are nice. the two local places. All right. Rapid fire here. Rapid okay. fire. This is the <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> rapid fire. We're not. All right. So okay. here we go. This is, People always get nervous about this. I don't know why. <laughs> That's so All funny. Right. Best crab cake in Baltimore. Uh, well, I had to say Coco's. <laughs> Best burger in Baltimore. Uh, Hamilton Tavern. Best veggie burger in Baltimore. Ooh. We can come back to it. We can come back to it. I think Atwater's has a good veggie burger. 
if I'm a, if I'm a vegan or vegetarian, where do I go? Oh, ref, ref, refocus vegan. Have you been there? Never been. Oh, it is so good. It's on Howard street refocused. Wait, let me make sure that's the correct. <laughs> um, cause it is, it is like, they have shrimp po' boys that are like, you think you're eating shrimp. I mean, oh my, it sounds like, so sounds like, good. it sounds like something yes. I'm all about. Uh, yeah. Refocused vegan. Uh, amazing. <laughs> See, yeah. that's good to know to our listeners. Um, best Italian food. Ooh, um, not as much an expert. I think Massaloni's is really good. Okay. Just Wale's for like carry out. Uh, best coffee. Uh, <laughs> oh, <Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This laughs> is- <laughs> I mean, I guess I, you know, my neighbor's right next door. Zeke's is hard to compete with. So <laughs> best, best pizza. Oh, best pizza. Hmm. That's, this is a good one. Um, I like, uh, what is it called? The one, oh, Polly G's in Hamden has really good pizza and they have a lot of vegan options. Out solid, yeah. solid. And the last question, and we're going <laughs> to <laughs> flats or drums. <laughs> <laughs> so full disclosure, I had to text you and be like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for explaining that that was a uh, ch- chicken drumsticks or chicken wings, right? Yeah. Yeah. The flats uh, yeah, or yeah. drums. Yeah. Uh, I think I would have to go with drums. All right. Hey. Yeah. Thank you I learned so something much. new. Yes, yes. As always, you, you are <laughs> off the hot seat now. You are off the south <laughs> seat. Thank right. you so much for taking time out of your day to yeah. come on the No Picture of Dark podcast. Again, this will be out very soon. And I can't wait to people hear your story. And, and you know, I hope it reaches to people and people go like, wow, this is really cool. I really want to come northeast. And what is the slogan? Let's let's end with the slogan your friend made up for Lauraville. I, I don't remember, I don't know the slogan. Oh. So I want to give her a shout out at the end because yes. I mean What's, what's the slogan? Yes, yes, yes. So my dear friend, Sarah Hope, longtime Lauraville resident, she took it on herself to make bumper stickers that you can buy at Found Studio Shop that say Lauraville. It's not that far because a lot of people think that it's far and it's not. I ride my bike from here. Basically, you can ride it anywhere in the city in the same amount of time you can drive a car. So Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Miss Annie Howe. Thank, Thank you. you so much for taking your time out your day. And um, again, keep on doing what you're doing. And if you have any updates going on, if any shows, let me know and I'll promote it on No Picture of Dark Podcast on Great. the website, on my website, on Gmail, that social media stuff. Okay. Excellent. We'll do it. Right. Have yeah. a good one. Thank you. Thanks.